weary travellers to the haunted tavern with no name on the edge of space because I forgot that we we have to do some sort of cross genre thing on this show. Ah, we really <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> come in, come in. You're late for your shift. Pour the following free drinks: an orc sweat taint squeezed into a glass, oh. a virgin blood tequila, and an English breakfast tea. Because it's time for pros before pros. I don't know which of those is more disgusting. Yeah, I think yeah. the English breakfast tea yeah. might be gross. English breakfast tea. <laughs> Welcome to Pros Before Pros, uh, the comedy fiction podcast with two prompts, free stories, and infinite laughs. I'm one of your hosts, Rich Masters, and with me, as always, is Jeff Pennington. Hello. And Josh Henderson. <laughs> Sup, bitches. Professional as always, lads. <laughs> <laughs> this week's prompts were. Let's see if I get it right this time, guys. Oh god, is, I hope is it, I did it hermits and chases? Yes. Yeah. yeah. At least that's what 11. I wrote. <laughs> I um, definitely sort of did those. I struggled. And I don't quite know why, but I did. Uh, I'd managed to shoehorn one of them in. Dude, it's almost like you almost have to shoehorn one in at mm. this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just realized that I technically didn't do either. So that's cool. <laughs> I also technically didn't. Well, I did do one, but like Rich, I shoehorned it in. I shoehorned hard. one in and mentioned another. <laughs> that's a double shoehorn. You yeah. get the double shoehorn. One's, one's a tiny shoe. A very, very <laughs> tiny shoe. Like a Pixies shoe. Yeah. Yeah. What's a space version of a pixie? Um, space pixie. Uh, um, sp- <laughs> space sp- pixie. Spixie. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Spixie. Wait. Maybe not. Future Maybe pixie. Not, actually. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a pixie. Mm. There you Future go. Future pixie. Exactly it. Future pixie. I mean, we could have made up any race, but sure, Spixie. Anyway, <laughs> for Pixie, for Pixie, we're changing it to for Pixie. Um, Jeff's gonna go first this week, so Ooh. we're not gonna waste. Is this that? Wait a minute, before we start, is this our Christmas okay. episode? Yes. Oh shit. Oh, Merry Holiday. Uh, yeah, I hope you have a nice Christmas because we're not recording over Christmas. We'll see you probably in between Christmas and New Year. Deal with it. Jeff, you're up. Yeah, <laughs> recording on Christmas? No thanks. I'm going to be opening presents. Mm. We open them prezies from my, my main man, Santa. Mm-hmm. My main man, Santa Satan Claus. Father Christmas. <laughs> Father <laughs> Johan. <laughs> the father. Oh, I've got to tell you a story before we start. Oh, so, my God. You uh, already no, no, have no, no, a story no, no, on this no, podcast. No, this is I'm going to tell you a story. story. This, is, this is a good one. So uh, we go out for my corporate Christmas do on Friday, uh-huh. Christmas party, and I got extremely drunk and was very sick on Saturday. And <laughs> But we booked in for Evan to go see Santa at Santa's Grotto on Sunday. Wait, wait, Santa's wait, wait, wait. Grotto? <laughs> yeah, like, grotto? Not, we didn't go to fucking Lapland. We just went to, like, the local, super, uh, like, Mall, essentially. I didn't know Santa had a Playboy-esque grotto. Yeah, that's what said. Americans think of when you say <laughs> yeah, grotto. That, well, that's he a wasn't grotto. a smoking jacket. Um, no, he wasn't. 
So um, for, he asks Santa, "What can I leave out for you? Like a like because we're supposed to leave out like a carrot for the reindeer and like a mince oh, pie yeah. for Father Christmas. It's and cookies, mince pie. It's a mince milk. pie. Cookies, um, it's cookies and milk. Right. Here. Okay. Um, and <laughs> he he the f- guy playing Father Christmas says to my son like oh like maybe a mince pie, maybe one of daddy's beers as a joke. And Evan looks at him dead in the eye and says, my daddy was really sick yesterday, so he won't be drinking beer anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking prick. Don't rat me out to Santa. Damn, kid. You're getting coal this year, yeah, motherfucker. You're getting, you're getting coal. I don't know. Do you give out coal over there? Or is I mean, that I'm going to do it this year. <laughs> Little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no more Legos for you, Evan. Yeah, yeah. So I know he listens. There you go. That's the hey, best. Can story I tell I'm my story today. now? <laughs> yeah, tell your story. You fuck. Off you go, Jeff. <laughs> All right. Uh, this time around, my story is called Dead Man's Bluff. Whoa! Ooh. Is this about cards? No. Is it about a bit of land? <laughs> Everyone, shut up. <laughs> Is it about chases and hermits? Yeah. No. Well, technically, no. But yes. <laughs> Mickey the Mac was the most dangerous, hunkiest, heart-throbbingest 22-year-old at John Adams High School. <laughs> John Adams, huh? You went with John Adams? <laughs> yeah. That's the name of the high school from Boy Meets World. That's right. It is. <laughs> A guy who had coasted through grade levels due to pity from school faculty and general malaise of the American public school system far more than any schoolwork he'd ever done. (laughs) At this point in history, there was no maximum age for schooling, so here he still was. Tall, athletic, and with a great head of hair, slathered in nothing but the finest Dapper Dan. Damn. You'd more than likely find Mickey hanging around the hallways during classes and trying to figure out if he'd have to pay taxes this year or not. (laughs) It was never entirely clear if being a student canceled out the fact that he was enrolled in selective service or not. (laughs) (laughs) So he's smart, is what you're saying. The lunch bell rang out clary and clear, and he turned to peer down the hallway toward the lunchroom doors. He slid his aviators down his face and peered over them as the doors swung open and a deluge of pretty chickens came rushing out of them down the hall. (laughs) Pretty chickens? Each one plumper and more ready for him to sink his teeth into than the last. Are we talking about women or chickens? (laughs) They clucked and sent feathers flying everywhere as they ran down the hall in confusion and panic. It must be time for senior pranks again. Also, there were hot girls there. (laughs) Man, that, you had me there. (laughs) Hey there, pretty lady. When are you and I going to make it up to Lover's Leap together and take the plunge, Mickey said with a twirl of his toothpick in his mouth and a grin that would get you five to ten these days if you did it unsolicited. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, this is is not okay anymore. Mm. Oh, Mickey, you're incorrigible, Sherry Season said with a wide, bright smile, dimple showing in her cheeks. In that way, people really fucking loved back then for some reason. I don't even want to try to psychoanalyze that. Mm. (laughs) She walked up to him and leaned against the locker next to him, holding her books packed neatly together with a bow in front of her. That's not an answer, eh? Mickey said with another somehow even wryer grin at her. (laughs) He flicked out a pocket knife and held it up in the air, giving it a quick flick out when his wrist was caught in midair. 
You brought a knife to school, Mickey Fine! Principal Butt Savage yelled out. <laughs> Mickey <What>? Fine! <laughs> Move over, Essie Hinton. <laughs> Principal Butt Savage yelled out, yanking Mickey's hand over towards him to get a better look at the knife. Is he for the principal from Doug? Yes. <laughs> He was a middle-aged man with a paunch and a comb over. Imagine like a Mr. Belding, but not even remotely lovable. Just ask this guy's <laughs> ex-wife. Ayo! <laughs> Fucking ex-wives, am I right? It's a switchblade even. This is it. The last straw I was looking for. I'm gonna ship you off to military school for this one. <laughs> what? Cool it, Pops. It ain't the last nothing, Mickey said with a cool attitude that only the greasiest greaser could pull off. <laughs> Note to editor, cut this line if it turns out to be a slur. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think you're good. Yeah. I think Mickey right. yanked his hand away from the principal and flicked the end of the switchblade out, revealing a fine-tooth comb, which he smugly yep. slipped through his gooey-ass raven locks. Mm, Dude, we got a problem sick. now. No, <laughs> but I'm watching you, mister. You better watch your back. Principal Butt Savage stammered out, huffing and puffing as he waddled away down the hallway with all the bravado and gusto of a poorly drawn Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> this character will never, ever return in a story, so feel free to forget I bothered to write this part. What? <laughs> <laughs> Nice that to, seems like a misdirect to it's me. Ni it's nice to have our responsibility taken away instantly. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Mickey, that was a close one, Sherry said with an audible horniness in her voice, just like <laughs> everyone did when they were dealing with Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll take you up on that trip to Lover's Lane or whatever you called it earlier. I'm not scrolling Lover's up. Lover's Lane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mickey said with a grin and a flick of his comb through his hair again. I bet he wants to take her to Butt Savage. <laughs> Savage that butt. You really are the coolest, Mickey! Sherry yelled out, and everyone in the hallway turned to look at her with a confused, silent look. <laughs> right, guys? Let's all hear it for Mickey! The other students looked between each other for a moment and then turned away again, returning to their business in the background. Ah, uh, high school. The din of their conversation sometimes interspersed with, what the fuck was that? And awkward <laughs> as shit. <laughs> Cringe. Did I hear somebody say they were the coolest in town? A booming voice echoed through the hallway, silencing all of the students once more. This time, however, they all immediately dispersed, some of them even yelling out in fear once they realized who was coming down the hall. Oh, oh please, shit. please, please. No. <laughs> A gigantic man, possibly in his 40s? I don't even know, man. Like I said, there was no maximum age for high school at this point. They just kept failing you, and you just kept fucking going. This guy had a full beard and a scar over one of his eyes but he wore a singlet wrestling uniform of the school and a pair of warm-up rayon pants over whatever the fuck kind of sneakers they had at this point. Chucks, I want to say, but I'm not doing Chuck any Taylor's. research. It's Chuck Taylor's. PK Flyers. Sherry gasped and grasped onto Mickey's leather jacket sleeve. It's, it's bad, bad Leroy Brown. <laughs> what? Why should I be scared, Mickey said, looking up into bad, bad Leroy Brown's dark, heavy-lidded eyes as he stared down at him. 
Why, he's the baddest man in the whole damn town! She cried out in response. Oh my God. What is happening? <laughs> what is happening? You're damn right, bad, bad Leroy Brown sneered, <laughs> leaning in closer to Mickey. And if you're so cool, how about you and I make a little wager to see who's the coolest under pressure? <laughs> yeah, cool, man. I'm always down to do some stupid shit to prove I'm a man, Mickey responded casually <laughs> and toxically. <laughs> I bet that you won't play chicken against a car of my choice up on Dead Man's Bluff. You drive at the cliff, and the first one to chicken out loses. Bad, bad Leroy Brown laughed heartily at Mickey's face, spittle <laughs> raining onto his sunglasses. Ew. What happens if I win, Mickey said. I'll give you 50 bucks, which is like a million dollars in the future, bad, bad Leroy Brown soothsayed, then continued. <laughs> <laughs> but if you lose, I get your hot rod and your girl. Damn. Wait, what? Sherry Slips said. Slips and chicks, baby. <laughs> Wait, what? Sherry said, suddenly remembering suffrage. I'm not a deal, baby. Mickey cut her off. <laughs> Shaking the gigantic hand of the man mountain in front of him. Now wait, just Sherry started, but was instantly drowned out by the two of them trying to laugh at the other louder, back and forth, for what felt like an eternity. She just stood there the entire time. Later, as midnight crept through the old graveyard road that led up to Dead Man's Bluff, our hero, I guess, Mickey the Mac, drove yeah, who are you for? Mickey the Mac drove his shining red 1951 Hudson pacemaker with an air of cool confidence that was only underlined by the fact that he was smoking, which is <laughs> oh, super fuck. cool to do even now, kids. Mm. <laughs> In the <laughs> cigarettes, get your cigarettes. <laughs> in the seat next to him, Sherry sat, her arms folded over her chest and her back slumped down into her seat. Look, I know you gotta be cool and all, but I just think betting me like a poker chip belies a lack of respect for me as a person. <laughs> Shh, quiet boobs, we're lost, Mickey said. <laughs> we'll pull into the graveyard and ask the groundskeeper which road we need to take up here. Old man Mortensen will know. <laughs> Old man Mortensen's a creepy weirdo who lives in a shack in a graveyard. Almost like he's a hermit or something. There, oh, I no, fucking no, said it, Shed said. <laughs> Don't be such a drag, sweetheart, Mickey said with his trademark <laughs> sly smile. He flicked his sunglasses out and slid them onto the brim of his nose as he smirked. Wait, can you even see anything with those on? Sherry asked. <laughs> uh, duh. Of course I clunk. The front bumper of his pacemaker bumped into the metal fence beside the driveway into the graveyard oh, with a man. metallic rattle. <laughs> That'll buff out. Mickey threw it in reverse and backed up, sliding his sunglasses off quietly with his head turned away from her and pulled into the graveyard. <laughs> A small dirt trail led from the entrance back to the groundskeeper's shack at one side of the graveyard. Mickey opened the door to his car, leaned down to the road, and snatched up a rock. Sherry gave him an exasperated, questioning look. What? I'm not getting out. Fuck that. <laughs> he drew back his arm and flung the rock at the shack's front door, where it hit with a resounding heavy wooden thud. 
You know what? I love this guy. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Which was followed by another resounding thud as the shack door came crashing down inwards into the structure. Oh, my God. They could now see directly into the living room area inside where a black and white TV was blaring the latest episode of I Love Lucy. And old man Mortensen was guffawing at the top of his lungs. He slid back into his chair and wiped a tear away from his own crusty eye, shaking his head and chuckling to himself. Oh, Lucy, truly you are the queen of comedy. (laughs) The old man turned his head to peer out the door, his entire demeanor shifting 180 degrees to a squinty-eyed, creepy old hateful man who leapt up and ran out the now-open door over his actual door, which was now face down in his living room, (laughs) into the cold night air, wearing only a pair of red long johns and a lumberjack hat with the flaps. You know the one I fucking mean. I don't remember the name. A toque. Interlopers. You knocked my door down and you ruined my Lucy experience. You ought to be ashamed. (laughs) He waggled his finger. He just rewinded. It's on Netflix. (laughs) Oh, well. Uh, He waggled his finger about an inch in front of Mickey's face for what seemed like an insanely long amount of time. Just standing there waggling his finger? I mean, like, a genuinely upsettingly long amount of time. (laughs) Mickey looked at Sherry, who shrugged back at him, and then at old man Mortensen, and then finally slapped his hand away. Look, we need directions to Dead Man's Bluff. I got a big toxic pissing contest to get into with a 40-year-old to prove my dick is bigger than dead man's bluff, the old man interrupted, (laughs) taking aback with a wide, terrified eyes. Ye best not be going up there tonight, not if ye value your very lives. Why is he saying ye? Why is he talking like a pirate now, Sherry asked. (laughs) But the old man continued on without missing a beat. Ten years ago, on this very night, a young man took part in a game of chicken up on Dead Man's Bluff and hurtled off the side of the cliff to his very doom. They called him Maniac McPherson. Name changed due to copyright strike from the offices of Jerry Spinelli. Maniac McGee is an amazing book. (laughs) And he lived up to it, too. They say every year since then, on this very night, he returns to challenge anyone who is foolish enough to accept. On this very night. (laughs) Can, Can we... Can we get directions please mickey pleaded (laughs) oh yeah sure it's the second right up ahead it ain't got no signs so make sure your brights is on straight up after that about a mile you can't miss it said old man stop saying ye (laughs) all right uh goodbye said mickey as he revved his engine and tore out like a sweet ass donut directly on the dude's front lawn and then burned rubber back down the road out of the graveyard Old man Mortensen waved after them politely for a moment before... Wait, shit! The old man screamed out a minute later. (laughs) Later still, Mickey and Sherry pulled up to Dead Man's Bluff in his sweet-ass cherry red fuck machine. (laughs) The two of them... (laughs) The two of them staring silently for a moment up the long, twisting road that led up, up, up into the distance and then unceremoniously dropped at its end over a cliff. 
Maybe a bridge was meant to be built there at some point. Maybe this is just a really cool visual part of the story and you shouldn't worry about real world logistics of it and just shut the fuck up and listen. Fucking thank you. Either way, it was an intimidating sight. You're not really going to do this, are you? Sherry asked sheepishly. Of course I am. I gotta prove I'm a man, and I'm the coolest, or whatever the stakes of this were, Mickey said with another sly smile. A moment of silence passed. You must have a really small dick, huh? Sherry asked flatly. Yep, Mickey said just as flatly. (laughs) At least he's coming to terms with it. Just then, a set of high beams broke the darkness on one side of them, turning up the road behind them and coming closer. Sliding up next to Mickey's prize red pacemaker, like a shark slowly cresting the water, was a oh, deluxe yeah. 1941 Ford street rod in pure black <gasps> with chrome trim. Yes! As if on cue, fog slowly rolled into the area, across the ground underneath their tires, slowly swirling and cascading over itself, uh. like a red carpet being rolled out for the car's arrival. I thought you said frogs. <laughs> This is not the right episode for that. Go back about five episodes. Are you saying vandal, Rich? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knows what I'm talking about. No. It stopped, and the front window slowly rolled down, revealing a teenager of about 17 behind the wheel who leaned out the window and gave a leering, perverse smile at Sherry before turning his eyes to Mickey. It's Maniac McGrudgeon. You're here to challenge me to a game of chicken, right? The guy behind the wheel sneered out, leaning back into his seat. He was wearing an extremely out-of-date suit jacket with a wide collar over top of the lapels, with a sloped, wide-brimmed hat down over his eyes. Oh my god, he's like Tom from Tom and Jerry. (laughs) He's wearing the suit suit. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a suit suit. Your bad, bad Leroy Brown's driver? (laughs) You look like a reject from a Halloween party. Let's do this thing. (laughs) Mickey revved his engine, gritting his teeth in an intimidating grimace at his opponent. The pacemaker purred like a lion. Whatever you say, bub. Don't say I didn't warn you. The other driver grinned wider, his face almost slipping into the uncanny. He slid back into his car and placed his hands on the wheel. His Ford roared with an unearthly deep sound which shook the ground underneath them. Your best gal can drop the flag from your car. I'm fine with it. (laughs) I'm glad he's fine with it. Mickey dug into his pocket and pulled out a white handkerchief, the same one that everyone at this time had for some reason, (laughs) and would continue to carry around with them for their entire old-ass boomer lives. (laughs) Disgusting. They fucking blowing snot into that shit and putting it back in your fucking pocket. Absolutely. He handed it over to Sherry. Drop this and then we punch it. Get ready. He turned his eyes straight forward and revved the engine further. Sherry looked at him in terror and then slowly turned her eyes over to the car next to them. The driver had almost completely rolled his window up and blotted out of her view of him when he thrust his face back at the car window, cackling out an inhuman laugh as the skin peeled away from his face and revealed a crushed skull beneath it, glowing a disgusting pallid green. It goes right (laughs) up. Sherry Sherry screamed and immediately dropped the handkerchief by accident, the sound of both cars backfiring and shooting off like rockets in the night, muffling out her horrified cries. 
She turned her body to grasp at Mickey's jacket sleeve, yanking and tugging to try to get his attention, but he threw her off angrily, grasping even harder at the wheel as he swung the wide load of the pacemaker up the cliffside road, back and forth on its winding path, the screeching and metal of tires filling up the once silent night. She flung back against the door, which almost gave way and partially opened under the strain of a turn her, after her body struck it, her legs almost dangling out over the road for a moment before she slammed it back in place, her wide, shaking eyes catching sight of the car next to them in the dim moonlight, though it was no longer needed to see it. The car was alight with incandescent green flames, which tore at its surface like a ship entering an atmosphere, oh. yanking metal and chrome off of it and sending it spiraling away back down the trail behind them. <laughs> the windows shattered. The front crumpled in on itself, but still the car continued to speed at just the same velocity as Mickey's. And with the now flaking shattered front window, Sherry could see the hateful burning gaze of liquidizing eyeballs inside of broken bone sockets. Oh my god! Teeth flying out of barely skinned lips and bones breaking into themselves. The entire while, the horrific visuals flowing into her consciousness, accompanied by the mad howling laugh of the very being experiencing in the <laughs> front of her. The ghastly driver whipped his head around and screamed out words that were loud and piercing enough for Sherry to hear over the cacophony of motors and wheels. Don't you know why they named it Dead Man's Bluff? Oh, God. <laughs> the, the edge in front of them was coming up so fast that there wasn't even enough time to think. Sherry latched her hands into the door handle once more and threw it outwards with all of her strength her body bashing against it and then flying out into the cold night's air, aloft on the wind for a moment as both cars flew side by side over the edge of the cliff and past sight into the darkness of the void below it, beyond what could be seen. Oh no, not Sherry's childbearing hips. Shit. <laughs> How will she prove her worth to society if she doesn't reproduce? This is true. Sherry landed with a heavy thud on concrete, rolled only once despite the velocity she'd been traveling, and then lay still for a moment in the grass next to the path. She tried as hard as she could to breathe, but no breath came to her for a moment, until a sputtering, wheezing cough escaped her lips, and then another, her chest heaving from every new breath, and her hands grasping at the grass below for a grip. She pushed herself up finally, and peered around in the darkness. The moon above... Tinged red as it was, still light enough to see that she was only five feet from the edge of the cliff. Yikes! She let out a loud, wheezing scream, backing away from it frantically. The night was silent for a moment after. Hey, are you alright? A deep voice broke the silence. <laughs> Sherry whipping her head around to see Bad Bad Leroy Brown? <laughs> He was standing at the edge of the trail, a beat-up old Studebaker parked behind him with a scrawny little worker from the local repair shop sitting behind the wheel. There, there was... we were... I... She sputtered out, looking back over the cliff edge just above her. She realized in that moment a cold, hard truth that very few people ever experience. A thought that feels like a vice grip placed on your whole world to keep it from shattering into pieces. She could never tell anyone what had happened here. 
What? Not only was it absolutely unbelievable, but she was a woman during this time mm-hmm. period. So she would definitely be diagnosed with insane wandering womb syndrome or some yep. shit. Yeah. And be put in a mental institution for all of time and existence. Yeah, if she was lucky. They were lobotomizing people like crazy yep. back then. Hysteria. Um, um, Mickey left me here. Can I can I get a ride home? She asked with a small sheepish smile. Tears at the edge of her eyes. Bad, bad Leroy Brown and his driver exchanged glances for a moment. Then he shrugged, opening up the backside door for her. Yeah, sure, hop in. (laughs) She scurried as fast as she could into the car and leaned into the back seat for any sort of comfort she could find. Bad, bad Leroy Brown slid his coat off and handed it to her, giving her a small, comforting smile as he did. She didn't know he was such a nice, nice Leroy Brown after all. <laughs> oh, my God. She bundled up into the coat, and they all got into the car and slowly began to pull down the hill back away from the cliff. Uh, you don't mind if we do a quick little errand before we head back, right? Bad, bad Leroy Brown asked, looking over the back of the seat at her as the driver drove around the corner towards the road out of Dead Man's Bluff. Oh, n- no, no, it's, it's fine, she managed to hoarsely whisper, silent tears rolling down her cheeks. He smiled at her and then chuckled, sitting back in his seat. Yeah, shouldn't take too long. We just got to do this quick race with this idiot who says he's the best driver in town. (laughs) Challenged us to a game of chicken as soon as we pulled in here. The end. Oh my god! That's good. Uh, P.S. This story was set in the 1950s in case that wasn't excruciatingly clear. (laughs) Was it though, Jeff? Mm. Questionable. <laughs> I think when they sung Grease Lightning in the middle in the intermission, that was pretty obvious. <laughs> Grease Lightning! Dude. Yo, this was like a fucking heavy metal yeah. episode. Like, I, th- this needs to be animated. Yeah. Like, I-, I kept picturing heavy metal or like that uh, Pearl Jam video for Evolution. Where oh, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All this crazy fucking visual. Dude, so good. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I, I went so light on comedy last time that I wanted to go very heavy on it this time. It, um, Dude. I really love when your stories go completely off the fucking rails. You like chickens, uh, green skulls, uh, <laughs> casual misogyny. Boom. Of there. Always. <laughs> Self-aware misogyny. Yes. Ca- casual for the time misogyny, yeah. not casual... <laughs> Jeff Pennington misogyny. Hashtag boomers, hashtag the good old days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, asterisk Jeff is not a misogynist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Put that on the podcast. Put that on the podcast. No, man. So fucking funny and fuck, dude, I, I don't know where you learned how to like describe shit. I, it's incredible. The internet. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I learned how to do it on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I went to my local library. Thumbs up. <laughs> Books. Check them out. LeVar Books, Burton out. taught him everything he knew. La Bamba? <laughs> LeVar Burton. Oh, LeVar <laughs> Burton. La Bamba. I thought you said Obama for a second. <laughs> Obama Burton. Did he say Vandal? Fuck LeVar you, Burton <laughs> did teach me a lot. Uh He's he's just as big of a degenerate weirdo as I am. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> big into La Bamba too. I love that guy. I would never say that. Rest in peace. <laughs> I uh, like I like your uh, um, occasional one-off Twilight Zoney 
uh, type yeah. stories. I'm not saying I don't like the in-universe stuff, which, you know, this is still in the universe. That's a whole different yeah. sentence. I'm um, not taking that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's but, a whole different yeah. sentence. When you but say I, you like one thing, it doesn't mean you don't like another. Good, it's fine. good, good. Um, <laughs> But I, I really do like these timepiece, outer limits, Twilight Zone episodes. I think they fit. Yeah. The, I'm glad that they the still style. have a place. Yeah, they do. I know that we've all gone very heavy, like, recurring characters and everything, mm-hmm. so I'm glad the one-offs still have a place. Yeah, one-offs are back in style again. <laughs> I brought I them back. Like one-off. They're back, baby. And that's no, why I'll forever it. be out of style. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you keep wearing that fucking zoot suit while we record. I, mean, I don't know what that's. Like. I've got no other clothes. I'm like Batman. I open the closet and it's just zoot suits. Just 75 zoot suits in a row. Same color. They're all yellow with white pinstripes for some reason. <laughs> Yellow's coming back, boys. Trust me. It's like, it's like a, the, uh, a rainbow took a money shot in my wardrobe. Oh, my God. If rainbows jizz, do they jizz yellow? That's disgusting. They jizz all the colors. Oh, fuck. Uh, I, would, I would like to asterisk my whole story with the fact that none of these characters will ever return. No! <laughs> well, they're all dead, right? Except for maybe, uh, what's maybe his name? Maybe, the groundskeeper. Oh, the principal butt savage? <laughs> no, the groundskeeper guy. Oh, old man Mortensen. Mortensen. Mortensen, yeah. The pirate. Yeah, no, no one will ever return. Dude, that's so fucking funny when, like, he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, lo- I fucking love that shit. Oh, He's like, just sent those kids to their death. Whatever. <laughs> I'll tell you if they broke his door. Lucy's still on, so. <laughs> Sounds like what a boomer would do, really. <laughs> Look, if you're not smart kids. enough to survive Dead Man's Bluff, I can't help you. Yeah. So <laughs> I, the I think it should title. be up on the scoreboard that uh, <laughs> my story had no chases and no actual hermits. <laughs> I disagree. No, that counts. I disagree. There was a chase. For a woman. Oh, oh, shit. There was also a chase for self-respect. Mm. <laughs> Nobody earned it, but... Uh... Nobody earned it, no. No, they died, but, yeah. like, whatever. I mean, I guess Who Sherry hasn't? could live if she also jumped out of this one at the right time. I, we don't know. Yeah. Man, what a nightmare. They're chasing Somebody would the pick dream. her up afterwards and be like, oh, I gotta do this real quick race first. <laughs> so Sherry was Diane Lane, right? Because that's who I'm picturing. <laughs> I could see that. I, I was, um... I don't know who I was picturing, but, like, I, I wanted it to be obvious that this was not a relationship that you would want to see fulfilled. <laughs> no, no, no. That was all. That's all that happened back in the fifties, because like people didn't know about other towns. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So, so they were like, "There's women in other places." Nah, I gotta marry this person I went to high school with. It was meant to be. There were only six women in our town, boys. So, <laughs> and one horse. Jesus, <laughs> oh, I mean, I know who I'm taking to the front, <laughs> Mister Ed. No, uh, thank you guys for... Mrs. Ed. Ah, okay. Wink. Um, thank you, thank you boys for enjoying my story, though. I appreciate it. It was amazing. Always. Now I gotta follow you two idiots. Jesus Christ. You're going last. Last is the best place to be. 
Last is the worst one. To I do not... like to go first. I oh, really I like do. Too. I like to go last. I like to get real horned up on your on your stories and then give my story the extra performance it needs. That's a good way to look at yeah. it. I get I get jazzed. I like to get mine out of the way first so my voice isn't hoarse as a motherfucker mm, by the, yeah, from laughing yeah. for two yeah, stories. Yeah, mine is already straight. pretty bad. Somebody uh, draw Rich saying, I get jazzed in his zoot suit with his jazz hands out. <laughs> While I'm smoking a really long cigarette out of one of those uh, sort of holders. Cigarette holders? Yeah. yeah. I need to replenish my cigarette holder, so let's take a break. <laughs> My episode, this story, this story in this episode, that's, uh-huh. that's a great start, right? That's, a, that's just a stellar fucking start. I might as well. We're gonna, just, we're gonna be. This is gonna be good. Just we'll edit good. around this. Don't worry. <laughs> we we don't edit work. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. My story is called the Lead Duke: colon, The Gossamer Hermit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Lionel hung upside down in the cell, his feet encased in some crystalline substance. He didn't know if it was blood rushing to his head or the the fact that the cell itself was lit by a pinkish-purple hue from the organic crystal walls, but the room looked beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Although, knowing that the Kessians secreted the crystals from their buttholes made it the beautiful you could look at, but definitely didn't want to touch smell or have near you in any way whatsoever <laughs> speak for yourself Lionel. <laughs> i suppose you're wondering how i got into this mess he said aloud oh my god <laughs> <laughs> he said aloud <laughs> did a record <laughs> no i was right next to you we were having a casual discussion about sheltering from the harvesters and getting a bead on the technomancer, and then you said something, and they arrested us without trial and sent us here, Grissom said, <laughs> as he hung next to his friend. Friend? Was that fair? <laughs> Lionel would say that since Grissom had only threatened to garrot him with his own intestines twice today, that they were still friends. Garrot <laughs> him! Grissom, I'm recording a log, Lionel sighed. Cancel log. It's a log, all right, Grissom growled. Let- <laughs> he means poop. Letting the silence hang in between them for a full 30 seconds before explaining, I meant that what you were saying there was pure horseshit. <laughs> oh, my God, I wished I'd never taught you euphemisms, Lionel muttered. <laughs> Grissom stroked his manly chin with his manly fingers. <laughs> you must have some idea what the Christians said. You've mentioned that English and Cressic were vaguely similar. Not surprising, <laughs> given that you're both primitives with no sense of self-preservation or morals. Although, 
about as statistically impossible as an honest cop that the languages would be in any way alike. <laughs> Here we go! Drink up! <laughs> You've been so grumpy since we left Calandra in her casino. With you giving those sledgehammer subtle appraisals, do you even wonder why they threw us in here? Yes, that's why I asked. I was curious. <laughs> Grissom nodded. Well, if we're hanging around here for a while... He snorted with laughter but stopped when Grissom shot him the I could snap you in half and use you as a toothpick stare. <laughs> then, Classic. Then then maybe you could tell me about your brother like you promised to. Maybe free up some of that pent-up murderous rage. Either that or I know some really good songs from my Boy Scout days. <laughs> oh my God. Oh God. <clears throat> my darkest fear and pain made manifest or <laughs> telling you about my brother. <laughs> All right, all right. That the episode's over. That's the best joke. <laughs> Grissom went back to rubbing his chin. Okay, Lionel. Okay. It was peaceful on the peak of Praetor's Tor, the hilltop ring of obsidian stone reserved for settling old differences. In fact, it was so peaceful you might have thought this was some picturesque, relaxing Eden for long walks life-transforming vistas and birds and bees going buck-wild with each other. Did... <laughs> Did they do it together? Grissom wondered. No one had ever really finished that chat with him since his dad had left. <laughs> but this place was blood-soaked, violent, and the only thing the birds and bees were doing was slaughtering each other. <clears throat> Many people were gathered at the Ring of Stones, the leaders of all the clans of the Dukes of Lead, the peacekeeping force of the Seven Sectors, including Grissom's mother, Queen Mestral Graves, and her advisors, including her robotic analyst, BD-800. Also present were the antagonistic Duke Sester, the cousin of the Queen who had been gunning for the throne for a decade now, and the Queen's warlord, General Muffin. Muffin, who wasn't as cute as his name suggested. <laughs> also, there was a stray cat there, generally getting in the way and not giving a fuck, pouring at the what? Queen's long green cloak. <laughs> what is this cat doing? <laughs> who knows, man? At the, cat's at the fucking spy, I'm calling it. At the back yeah. of the coterie, amongst the villagers who had come, stood an old hermit clutching a small metallic object. But they were outside the Ring of Stones, and Grissom Graves, 15, virile and mad as hell, had things to consider inside the ring. <laughs> they had chased Jackson Swiftfingers down to this place, and now they would all try and bring their quartermaster down. Catching Grissom in his thoughts, Jackson threw a punch that was easily dodged by the young Graves, who slid on his knees Pete Townsend style and grabbed at his <laughs> opponent's Achilles. Yep. <laughs> Jackson was too fast, though, and brought an elbow to the back of Grissom's neck. Brainless, Jackson growled. Calandra yelled yeah. in anger at Grissom's defeat and used his doubled-over body as a stepping stone, kick, jump-kicking at Jackson like you would if you were fighting Goro in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Fuck get him yeah. in the corner! Who caught her ankle and flung her at the nearest rock pillar, driving the air from her lungs. Emotional. Fincher and Ondar at the Tactus One Punches and kicks flying as if in a choreographed dance, mainly because they'd practised it so much, that and the Cotton Eye Joe dance. 
<laughs> Jackson took a step back and careened the twins into each other, butting their heads and near knocking them out. Obvious, Jackson growled. Daenerys was next, but she hesitated in her, in her approach, letting Jackson advance on her and putting her on the defensive. She threw a few off-balanced punches, and he turned her weak attack into a hammerlock and then slammed her against the floor. Sloppy. Emmeth was the only one standing now, and he stood wringing his hands. I, um, uh, d- don't suppose I could subdue you with some well-rehearsed facts about bugs? <laughs> <laughs> That's the brother. <laughs> Worst of all, foolish. Jackson advanced on Emma, em- Emmeth, who edged backwards. I can also show you some pretty average close-up magic, Emmeth offered. <laughs> as Jackson... <laughs> As Jackson got close, Emmeth stood a little straighter. Or I can keep you rambling for a bit, hoping that my friends will have recovered enough to surround you and give you a beating. Jackson nice. raised an eyebrow. <laughs> Sorry, Josh, go on. I was going to say, I just said nice. I love it. <laughs> Jackson raised an eyebrow and turned, only to be roundhouse straight in the jaw by Calandra. Ondar and Fincher kicked the back of his knees in sync, driving him to the floor, as Daenerys just straight up kicked him in the balls with a force that produced a scream from Jackson that sounded like when cats have frogs in their mouth. <laughs> if so you know, specific. if you know, then you know. It haunts your dreams, man. This dude was hedging his bets that it was going to be frogs at some point. <laughs> Grissom gave the final touch with a meaty hand bone to the chin that sent his head back and his soul straight to the fucking phantom zone. (laughs) (laughs) As Jackson's swift fingers crumpled to the floor, any outside observer would assume that the assembly would have cheered or clapped. Instead, General Muffin strode towards the ring of stones and wiped one of the runes from the top, removing the force field that kept the group imprisoned for their final assessment, then went to rouse Jackson with some smelling salts. It is a new record, your majesty, BD-800 announced. The group managed <laughs> to, to subdue the quartermaster in four minutes and fifty. Not so, BD, Queen Mestral Graves said sternly. The trial requires all members of the cadre attack as one. Emmeth did no such thing. As Emmeth shrank what? in shame, Grissom stepped forward and put a hand on his shoulder. He is as valuable a part of this squad as I am, mother. As much a Duke of Lead as anyone here, except maybe Sherry the Stupid, the vi- village idiot who thinks she's a sheep. Sherry, you <clears throat> freaking idiot. <laughs> bah, said Sherry from the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> doffing, doffing the sheep skull she wore as a hat. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. I wonder, would you say that if he were not your own brother? The Queen raised an eyebrow prompting the whole entourage gathered to fall silent. Grissom felt a rage that threatened to bubble over, enhanced by the normal, everyday rage of a blue-balled 15-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> you getting ready for that kid of yours to become 15, huh? <laughs> Instead, uh. Grissom turned and stormed away out of the circle, leaving the elders to whisper about the embarrassment they had just witnessed. Jackson Swiftfingers watched as the children followed Grissom down the tour and into the surrounding forest, all sending daggers of hatred back at their elders. That was a mistake, my queen. These children are the best trainees I've seen in 15 years as a teacher. It's even more important we have them out in the field with our losses. The queen held a hand up and leant in to whisper, The decision is mine, Jackson. Just because you share my bed doesn't mean you are my equal. 
Ooh. Ooh, when is that story happening? <laughs> With that, she turned and rode away on her warhorse, which was the name she gave her sweet jet bike hog. <laughs> Fuck yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> the re- I thought that was Jackson's name. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the Dukes revving up and following her back to the Graves Duchy for an evening of drinking and song. BD was about to transform into a push bike and follow them when Jackson put a hand to his chest. BD, she's wrong. These kids are our best hope for the continuation of the Dukes. I agree, Sir Jackson, but the Queen makes the rules. I will try and offer my wise counsel as always, which may mean buffing a few more bullet holes out of my chassis. <laughs> Jackson smiled as the robot zipped away, his wheels squeaking as he rolled down the hill. Thank you. <laughs> he had been the he had been against the inclusion of a robot to the Queen's inner circle, but now he was the closest ally Jackson Swift, Swift fingers had. For a second, Jackson thought he heard a cackling behind him, but when he turned, there was nobody on the tour but him. What? Grissom punched a tree and damn near broke a knuckle. Tears came to his eyes, but he blinked them away. He wasn't going to let that witch's words make a pansy out of him. It wasn't as if his favourite band had broken up or his mother had washed his favourite black T-shirt with skulls on it and made it shrink. Nothing so disastrous. This sounds really, really like you've lived this. Yeah, I I was once a Duke of Lead. Dude, I know. And your mom was the queen. <laughs> he just had to convince her they were ready. It's just not fair, Calandra said at the campfire and poked it with a stick. Ondar and Fincher nodded, nodded in unison, silent as always. They were as angry as Grissom had ever seen them, and he had been around that time someone had suggested the twins were practising kissing with each other. Yep. <laughs> they had responded by nailing the boy's tongue to the school desk. Damn. <laughs> That boy was that right. kind of only makes that kind of only makes me want to see that more. <laughs> Daenerys hadn't said much for a long time, but turned to Emmeth and shook her head. Don't even think about blaming yourself. We need viable solutions, not some martyr. Emmeth laughed, breaking the silence in the clearing. I told you from the start I wasn't cut out to be a duke. The only class I was ever good at was cunning, and that one with the food. <laughs> Lunch isn't a class, you backbirth. <laughs> Damn. <clears throat> Fuck, dude. Look, lunch was the class I was best at. <laughs> lunch, recess, and gym. Lunch isn't a class, you backberth, Griffin smiled. You had the smarts needed to develop a strategy to take down Swifty. You know Mother told him to go harder on us. Fucker damn near broke my neck with that elbow. You're a better duke than any of us. He's not better than me, Calandra smirked. I'm amazing. She walked over and kissed Grissom. They'd been together for about five weeks now, a summer love that was still in its infancy. Daenerys sighed. Dry humping. Mm, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that story will not be told. <laughs> Daenerys sighed, sick of the display. So what are we going to do now? We need to prove ourselves if we, they're going to cut the apron strings. Then maybe you need to prove yourself, kiddies. <laughs> Reese's? <laughs> British Reese's, British Reese's. British Reese's. <laughs> the voice was nearer than it had any right to be, and as they all spun round to find the hermit sitting by their fire, they wondered how he had crept under their defences so easily. Though, considering Grissom could see through his gossamer-thin robe at his bony, nude, old man bod, he could have slid in pretty easily. 
Allow me to introduce myself. The well, he's says. Yoda. Yoda. <laughs> he's both. He's Yodis. Yodis, Yodis nuts. nuts. <laughs> high five, high five. Good job. High fives. <laughs> no, Grissom growled. Get out of here now or I'll kick you in your old spice-scented low-hanging plums. <laughs> Damn. What's wrong with Old Spice? They, they're going to use Old Spice, though. Right. <laughs> Do we have a sponsor this week? <laughs> Pomade and and uh, Old Spice. Yeah, this Dab- episode Dab- brought to you by Dabber Dan and Old Spice. <laughs> or for all your misogyny needs. <laughs> <laughs> the old geezer held a metal orb in his hands and rolled it around between his palms. MF stepped over, eyeing the orb intently. You, you were watching us at the tour. Watching you fail I was, young'uns, but I have found a way you could convince the Wrinklies that you're of true value. No more talk of Wrinklies, old-timer. That view is turning my stomach, Daenerys wretched. <laughs> <laughs> but Grissom was intrigued. Indeed, most of them were, their eyes burning in anticipation. What do you mean, old man? You've heard about the problems in the border villages recently, I'll wager. They had. Miles from the duchies, small fishing and farm villages had been burned to the ground and the villagers had vanished. No bodies, no signs of abduction, no burial mounds, no remains. They'd just gone. Emmeth had hopefully suggested that they'd all just migrated for the winter, but Calandra had reminded him the villagers weren't birds and it was the height of summer. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Rich, please don't stop doing the Yoda voice because we made a joke about it. It's amazing. No, it's fucking great. I miss it already. <laughs> well, the hermit sucked at his toothless gums and Daenerys retched again. I know where the bastards who did this are hold up. <laughs> Jackson burst into the Great Hall to find the senior council of the Dukes of Lead already in session. Though they were waiting for him, he went straight to the replication unit and ordered himself a mead. He felt the eyes of some of the duchy heads burning holes in his back, but he took his time and a long gulp before he turned and took his place at their table. Now we're all here, Duke Sester glared at Jackson before taking off his Stetson and gun belt and placing them next to him. Our guns fall silent, he said. The others followed suit. It was customary to wait until every duchy was represented at the table before formality was dropped. Let reason ring loud, the coterie finished in unison. (laughs) What the hell was that, Mestrel? Sester turned to his cousin. Those kids deserve their place in this sect. We're losing dukes across the sectors and we need replacements. General Muffin fiddled with his wax moustache and nodded his head. (laughs) I um... am... wax (laughs) moustache! I must agree. The trainees took Jackson down in record time, and Emmeth is a master strategist. Wouldn't you agree, BD? Negotiation? We have no communication. <laughs> the droid clearly looked uncomfortable to be put on the spot. Um, technically, there, there was no concrete reason to fail that intake. The stats favour. The table interrupted, uh, erupted into murmurs. The dukes knew that three dissenting voices at the council, including the queefs... Uh-oh. Someone's getting beheaded. The queen's chief advisor and head of her military was tantamount to a rebellion. The queen slammed her hand down on the table to cut through the chat. When the circle fell silent, she took in all of them with one long look. 
the problem is not Emeth or the way they passed that test. They passed, but I will not feed our children to a meat grinder. They've attacked the shipyards at Craven Day, the grain stores at the Red Vale, the Listen colonies. They surround us on all sides with no trace left and no bodies taken. There is evil rising and we do not know why or where from. Be it rivals long thought dead, cannibalistic aliens or clowns or something, we have no idea what is happening. <laughs> it's fucking clowns. <clears throat> Nor do we have the reach to find out, Miss Strau, Jackson said heavily. At the council table, all were equal. There were no gods or masters. As legend said, the dukes of lead did kill their gods because they were unjust, and the dukes valued justice overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Better they mm-hmm. die w- with a gun in their hand than live on their hands and knees, surely. Damn, you sound American as fuck right now. <laughs> yeah, these dukes of lead sound real familiar. <laughs> you have that. From the Texas planet. <laughs> <laughs> you have that so wrong, Jackson. Better that they live with a gun in their hand than die on their hands and knees. And there it was, the Queen's admission clear as day. She wondered if the Dukes of Lead could survive this. So this is a war council then, Duke Freyus asked. This idea held little desire for any of them. They were peacekeepers, not warmongers. They helped the neighbouring systems settle disputes and fight injustice. They did not go to war. If someone's targeting us, we don't have a choice, do we? Duke Severin asked across the table, almost to no one, not really wanting an answer. Jackson broke the silence again. So we vote. Draw in and close our borders. Prepare for war. Or we continue to fill the ranks and fight as we encounter these rogues. He glanced at Mistral, his queen, his lover, and saw the utter betrayal in her eyes. She obviously hoped for more time, but there was none left. I will abstain. No ass. (laughs) (laughs) I will abstain, she declared. This vote needs to be of the people. To go to war then? Oh, sorry. To go to war then? General Muffin asked. (laughs) Of the 47 in attendance, only 14 held their hands down, including BD and the Queen. To continue as we have? 10, including BD, placed their hands skyward. It was an objectionable choice with no clear answer, and the winners felt as hollow as the losers. We should adjourn and come back to this chamber with clearer heads and keener minds, the Queen declared. As the Dukes left the table and headed to their quarters, Jackson lingered and went to grab for the Queen's hand. She pulled away. Not tonight, Jackson. I need my own counsel right now. He watched. She's gonna masturbate herself tonight. <laughs> She's got her own <laughs> wand of counselling. <laughs> Let me the electric wand of counselling. <laughs> BD, attach your attachment. <laughs> I need. I need, I need services. No, that's not part right of the story. Right away, my Queen. He watched her leave, then went to say goodnight to BD. He wouldn't sleep this night, having been kicked out of his bedroom. Good night, BD. A hard day tomorrow. A hard night before that, sir. BD watched as Jackson nodded, <laughs> then left, then placed a small metallic orb on the circular table. The hermit had been clear in his directions. Over the hills of despair, down through the valley of sorrow, past the desolate rivers, and through the swamp of that feeling when you hit your little toe on the leg of your bed. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's a fucking downright Led Zeppelin lyric you just read. It had been a hard evening's trek, one of difficult terrain by already tired kids. 
To their credit, not one complained, moaned or held them up. So keen were they to prove themselves a second time. But now they were here. The camp was marked by a faint mechanical buzzing that seemed to bother all six of them. What the hell is that? Calandra whispered to Emmeth, hoping the nerd would be able to recognise it and maybe stop her migro. <laughs> Fucking dweeb. Get fucked. I uh, naturally thought it was that quote-unquote massager you brought to a survival retreat, Emmeth winked. <laughs> hey dweeb, girls have needs. Quiet, Grissom hissed and pointed to a ridge that overlooked the camp below. The twins made their way up in double time while Daenerys and Calandra were directed down and around the camp to attack from the east. Emmeth and Grissom would take them head on. Well, Grissom would and Emmeth would scream like, scream like a little bitch as he carried him there. <laughs> there were only five of them, but Grissom had never seen such fully functional machine-humanoid hybrids. They were fast. They fuck? <laughs> they were fast as they packed bedrolls and cleaned camp, far more alive than machine. True cyborgs, Emma whispered, oddly impressed. Creepy, right? Gris- Grissom nudged him with an elbow. Only to you, brother. I find this all so fascinating. Seeing the excitement in MF's eyes, Grissom brought him back. Well, zip your fly back up, kid. We're going to kill those things. <laughs> Damn, Grissom was like 47 years old when he was 15. I've got both my heads straight. Don't you? MF stopped. <laughs> the frequency of the humming changed, and MF held a hand up, keeping all three groups in place. He turned swiftly, his head darting around like a bird until we found... There. In the branches above them, another of those metal orbs. He reached up and grabbed it, heard the faint buzzing. As he passed it to Grissom, the others rushed to join them. What are you doing, breaking position? Grissom hissed, hunkering down. But then, when they didn't follow suit, he turned to the cyborgs and noticed something odd. He waved a hand in front of the orb. Down in the valley, a hand-shaped blur appeared where the cyborgs were working. (gasps) A hologram? Daenerys whispered, the disgust clear. That dangly, bald old fuck tricked us. (laughs) (laughs) he had one of those things too probably a hologram himself that's why he couldn't get that's why he got through our defenses but but why what reason would anyone have to bring a bunch of trainees out here calandra shook her head bunch of trainees who aren't getting drunk right now and who are on their guard emma held his hand out and grissom went to throw him the orb but stopped the pitch of the device had changed again wait do you hear that Emmeth grabbed the orb and threw it into the forest just before it exploded. Damn. The duchy was incredibly peaceful and Jackson walked the halls wondering if it would ever be this quiet again. The vote to go to war was only four hours old and everyone was sleeping, but he could already feel a change in the atmosphere. A heavy air hung over the whole estate, so dense it felt as if it were clogging his lungs and choking him. The Dukes of Lead had not been at war since settling the border wars between the Rokan and the Salayan nearly five millennia ago, where the two sides had argued over territory, even though you can literally go up or down and stay out of each other's way forever in space. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It was stupid and bloody and totally unnecessary, like every war fought for every single reason. 
but the Dukes of Lead had been forced to intervene after several colonies and four deep space Burger Kings along neutral zones <laughs> had been destroyed in the fighting. Not Burger King! <laughs> Where are we going to get sloppy wet burgers at now? <laughs> they called them the Whopper Wars. <laughs> Damn. The thought of war was making him feel morose, so he decided to go talk to Mistral, whether she wanted to or not. Who knew when they might be able to share a quiet moment over the next few years? He climbed the stairs and walked towards the master suite in the duchy, only to see BD running from the Queen's court chambers. BD? he called. Then there was heat, and a force that blew Jackson back down the stairs, and then black. <sighs> By the time they had hiked back to their home, the explosion had left almost nothing but smouldering wreckage. What was left of the duchy was still aflame and burning. Half the western wall caved in, the civilian settlement below completely destroyed. The places they had played, the people they had known, the very lives they had lived, ash and flame. Emeth grabbed... My mouth is open. Can you hear yeah, the mouth? too. Emeth grabbed Grissom's arms, arm, his nail digging into his brother's flesh. When he spoke, it was as if he were a child again. Grissom. Calandra dropped to her knees as Daenerys sobbed into her hands. Fincher and Ondar embraced, not knowing what to do. Grissom broke a, tr- a limb from a tree and wielded it like a club. He pulled Emeth to his feet and gestured, gestured to the duchy. Let's go be dukes. No, not today. Jackson's swift fingers emerged, whispered as he emerged from the brush, covered in ash and missing an eye. His poncho was blood-soaked, and he favoured one leg as he approached them, carrying a bag that he threw down at their feet with a metallic clunk. What are these? Calandra ran to embrace Jackson, along with the twins. Grissom looked at Jackson, and Emmeth could tell by the, the look they shared that the seven of them were the last Dukes of Leds left. There are graduation guns, Grissom growled, angrier Damn. than Emmeth had ever seen his brother. And now we have to go, before he arrives. Jackson opened the bag and passed them each a pair of weapons emblazed with their family's coats of arms, families that no longer existed. Who? Emmeth asked, but the conversation was over. It was a five-day hike to the stash ship Jackson had hidden, just in case he had to leave. Grissom admired him for that, always having an escape plan. It was something he would implement in his life, especially if he had a terrible husband one day he might have to burn alive. <laughs> theoretically, theoretically, just in case. Jackson Jackson rushed them inside the ship and began takeoff prep. They were going to head to the rim where Jackson could finish their training. The rest of his friends were strapped in, and Grissom found himself staring out the front window at the flame-reddened sky as Jackson came back to the cockpit. He hadn't been able to take a last look at out the back at the place his family had called home for the past 36 generations the burden of being the last generation far too heavy. If you don't go take one last look, one last goodbye, you'll regret it, Jackson said, his face white, and Grissom felt he had just done the same. Leaving the cockpit and passing his friends, none of whom met his eyes they did, Grissom went down the loading ramp and looked past the forest borders at the remains of his home. There was nothing to say goodbye to, but he said a silent goodbye anyway and closed his eyes. When he opened them, Beady stood at the tree line, but it wasn't Beady anymore. He wore his mother's long green cloak, smoke-stained and tattered, with a chainmail horned helm. He was terrifying, a facade that Grissom knew would haunt him for the rest of his life, but those next to him were the ones that truly hardened his heart. 
part cybernetic, part dead, were the reanimated dukes of lead, including Muffin and his mother, the Queen. The thing once posing as Beady grinned, a metal smirk that stabbed Grissom in the heart and nearly drowned him in sorrow. He closed his eyes quickly, the childlike fear of infancy enveloping him, fully expecting to be swarmed then and there. But when he opened them, the demons at the tree line were gone. He went back to Jackson in small steps, his face pale. Jackson flipped a switch and the ship stuttered upwards. Were they still there? Grissom turned to his quartermaster, his mouth agape in shock. Good, Jackson whispered, his face equally as pale. Now you know the face of our enemy. Don't forget it. The ship took off, leaving the horrors of the last few days and the genocide of their entire race behind them. So that's how you saved Christmas, Lionel said with a woozy <laughs> smile <laughs> as he hung upside down from the ceiling of his cell. <clears throat> Grissom gave him the old side eye. What the hell are you talking about, boy? <laughs> Lionel giggled. Oh, I'm sorry. The, this blood is going straight to my head. <laughs> Grissom tried to swing a fist at him but couldn't reach. How are we getting out of this? Oh, Lionel hit himself in the head. Zameldis. The crystal cuffs around their feet dissolved instantly, sending the pair crashing to the floor. Grissom licked his teeth and picked up his hat, pulling Lionel to his feet as he rose. How the hell did you do that? Okay, (laughs) don't get mad, Lionel said as he held out two hands. I warn you, kid, I once killed a man for taking my seat at the movies. I hadn't even sat in it yet, I just decided it was mine. (laughs) This is America. (laughs) So, I was getting kind of pissed off with you being a grumpy Gustafer all the time. So... So I asked them to lock us up to give you a chance to tell me what was wrong, Lionel said. What? Oh, my God. That's a brave move for someone with the muscle profile of a chicken's carcass. Grissom pulled his gun from his pocket and shot Lionel in the kneecap. Oh, my God. Lionel's, <laughs> Lionel's scream echoed through the prison corridors. You shot me! Lionel screamed as Grissom supported his diminutive friend with an arm. Now we're even. Let's go and put you in the medical regenerator. Lionel, sh- <laughs> Lionel shot him a look. We've got a regenerator? Why didn't we use it when I had that plague that I nearly shat myself to death? <laughs> Grissom shrugged. I didn't want to spoil you. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, Lionel stopped. Wait, you didn't tell me about how how your brother died at all. Does that mean we've got another Grissom Graves flashback story in our future? (laughs) Lionel Lionel pushed him on, the door to the prison... uh, Grissom pushed him on, the door to the prison cell slowly closing behind them. What do we say about stories, Lionel? Only if the right prompts come up. The end. <laughs> oh my god. They know. They know they're in a story. Uh oh. Oh my god. Done. What the fuck? I was man. I was mouth agape at that for a huge yeah. portion of it. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I only did I, the jokes at the beginning and the end this time. Most of it was just fucking horrible. <laughs> you can, no, no, no. It's dude. I I was like in i was in oh yeah i was fully committed to the story i was like on the edge of my seat yeah yep uh also i don't know if you guys realize who was yoda but there's now two technomancers 
with totally different there's, origins. I there's did two techno I was like, wait a second, this is isn't where happening. the Technomancer came from. And you'll find out soon, but not too what? soon. What? 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 Yeah, I, I picked that up. I'm a smart cookie. I was like, wait, now wait. I have to get. Do I have to get two Technomancer figures? <laughs> <laughs> one with the chainmail and one with the yeah. jetpack. I need, to, <laughs> jet I need to get two Techno shots. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. I'm like. I'm like tired from how that ride, dude. Law for the Duke's lead. I wanted to do some. I wanted to do a law episode. So yeah, you got to do one. I'm a right? I'm a big fan of the world you've crafted for the Dukes of yeah. Lead. Uh, a race that worship justice to the point where they destroyed their own gods for being unjust. <laughs> yeah, they were like, uh, like uh, dread meets Mandalorian, yeah. sort of. You know, yeah, sick as fuck. Yeah, it's cool. And now they're all dead. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, except got... one. Well, or are they? Yeah, yeah. a few. And what's two. her name's not except dead. Landra's yeah. not dead. Yeah, yeah, she's alive. <clears throat> but yeah, and who knows? Whew. Some of them are undead. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We'll find and knowing out. rich masters, any of them could die again <laughs> at any moment. Yeah. So. yeah. If I'm not allowed to kill the main characters, I'm fucking killing everyone else. All right? yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> You're allowed to kill whoever you want to kill, you bloodthirsty <laughs> bastard. <laughs> fucking George R. R. Farting over here. <laughs> Jesus. I, I thought you were going full George R. R. Martin when you introduced the twins who practice kissing. Mm. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> Thankfully, they don't practice kissing. They are, yes. They are good twins. Allegedly. Definitely mm-hmm. not in Allegedly. my fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> maybe, in, maybe in your head canon. It was an ostrich. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, right. Should we take our last break and then come back for Absolutely. a job yeah. special? Which is yep. a story and a hand job. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's part of my contract, right? I gotta do both. I gotta sit in the middle and go skiing. <laughs> I'm better at one than the other. I'll let you decide which that is. Our lines will open soon. <laughs> story maybe we did that one already oh did we we're back yeah uh a so oh yeah all right forget it you fucking ruined it rich
Yeah, there, rich. No, yeah. there are very few things called we're back in existence. It's fine. Fine. I think there's a game for that movie. Yeah, there is. is for the Super Nintendo. Is that the one terrible. Where you're two little kids, you're on the back of the dinosaurs. Is that it? You know what? I don't no, remember. You play, I do remember thinking it was cool that you could switch between the dinosaurs yeah. and the levels. Yo, they don't let best you do dinosaur that game? Best dinosaur game? Golden Axe. <laughs> Yeah, Golden Axe is the best everything game. So. Yeah. Be- best axe game, best hot mage girl game. I don't the, know. The best game where the dude with the sword is named Axe Battler. <laughs> That's so cool. It's like he was born to be this hero. <laughs> it's like uh, quarterback syndrome in America. Like If you're named like Colt McCoy, you're going to be a quarterback, right? Chet Frostein. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Football uh, Johnson. Football Johnson. Yeah. Jack Basketball Jones. Basketball Jones. <laughs> Osmosis Jones. Oh, my God. Uh, just when we think, you know, the these characters are at the peak, we're going to bring it right further up. This isn't going anywhere. Josh where Kelly's story. Are, where are you... <laughs> Dig up, Jeff. I mean, other Jeff. <laughs> all, all I'm picturing is the Rich is standing in front of curtains that are opening to reveal the story, and they keep closing back. They keep every closing time. back. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Yep. Welcome to the lovable English stick, <laughs> where we don't know what we're talking about, and you just got to say it authoritarianly enough, authoritatively, there whatever the fucking word is. Just tell your story. All right, it's a great My intro. Story. Ten out of ten. <laughs> My story is called Wizard Fest. Nice. <laughs> Woo! A lone wolf howled at the twin moons of Daranos like a cartoon wolf howling at the twin ash cheeks of another sexy cartoon wolf in a cartoon so that you know that that wolf is fuckable. <laughs> the night was quiet. The, da- the dawn was approaching, and the biggest day of the year in Darius was about to begin. This shit is going to make Druid Academy's 47th prom look like Druid <laughs> Academy's 84th prom. Yeah, that prom. The one where the theme was Satan's. And instead of pig's blood being dumped on everyone, it was red sex lube. There were no survivors. <laughs> I imagine that's cinnamon flavored. Yeah, it's mm, spicy and yes. mm. yeah, It's, a, it's a his and hers lube. Yeah. <laughs> every every year, Downers' greatest wizards gather for a day of wizardry and wonder and competition. It's sort of like Darnos Olympics, but the years they did wrestling, uh, but the years they did wrestling instead of body grease. Okay, but the years they did wrestling instead of body grease, they used you guessed it, sex lube. <laughs> And, well, you get the idea. <laughs> the celebration of magic and wonder is, of course, Wizard Fest! And I have wow. Rock You Like a Hurricane should play here, so maybe I'll put that in. Here I am. Do yep. do rock do you do. like a hurricane. That was really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Daranos' <laughs> wizards are an elusive and mysterious lot. Some say that they're a myth. Others say that those people who say that are fucking idiots. (laughs) 
really the only wizard of note who has been missing for over eight years could, could be counted as still alive. Others probably sex-spelled themselves to death or got their donger stuck in a portal while trying to find the sex dimension. That's the only way to find it. Just stick your donger in a portal and hope for the best. <laughs> so it came... So it came as a shock to everyone when Reese's the Wise himself revealed oh, himself no. after this long time and that this year's Wizard Fest was going to be one event and one event only. A no-holds-barred boner cycle slash boner car race to Sephora Tower. No relation. I mean, really? <laughs> really, you've just cheated because he just told you this story and you just wrote it down. Yeah. It's pretty sweet gig that's, I have uh, here. That's amazing. It's genius, buddy. It's, it's brilliant. Uh, in, in case you don't know, the lore is that Reese's the Wise is real <laughs> and lives in Josh's apartment. What the he fuck do you mean in. lore? <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. real life. History is, that is real a type life of Reese's. lore. Are they talking about me? Yeah, yeah, they're talking about you, man. I tell them I didn't tell you the story. <laughs> Stop sending me right. dick pics, Reese's. Never. You're getting dick pics? Yep. Full on staff pics. <laughs> Racers from all over the Tri Realm area were sent to <laughs> in what was being called, and I quote, the Darren uh, and I quote the Darinosian Raven and quote erectile extravaganza <laughs> that may only be dwarfed by the time I took your mama out back to skinny dip in the pool while you were sleeping over at Andrew's house but the neighbors saw us and came over and the next thing we do we had to shock the pool three times just to get all the base smell of the New England man chowder out of the pool <laughs> oh my god that's a direct quote from the Darinosian Raven <laughs> Racers from all over the realm were set to claim the prize. <laughs> As the suns rose above the horizon, one racer, Cruz Marbleback, adjusted her mohawk <laughs> as it whipped through the breeze. She was riding her gnarly Gravidson boner cycle. <laughs> at well above the Daranosian speed limit, speed limit, which was... Uh, what? What do we care? We're, we're not your mommy. Go suck on her tit if you need to be told how to drive. How do they fit I, all I, I really, the sign? Really, it's, it's very small. It's in runes, so it's like quick, you know. It's like, it's like, a, like a Cantonese. Cruz was, of co- Cruz was, of course, a dwarf. Not unlike wizards, dwarfs were too increasingly more and more rare around the Big D. But Cruz was not going to miss this. Her entire life had been leading up to this race. The best of the best were racing, and she was, well in her mind anyway, the best. <laughs> Rumor also had it that the prize atop Sephora Tower was an ancient relic of ancient dwarven make. She not only would win the win the race and restore glory to her house, the Marblebacks, but she would return the ancient dwarven relic to its rightful owners. These fucking humies and dorks and lap lickers and jizz wizards were always stealing dwarven shit. Like, get your own cool shit, you fucking posers, she thought to herself as she revved the gnarly into high gear and tore ass through the forest. Complex feelings. It's a lot, it's a lot going on here. Keep in mind I wrote this at like two in the morning. I mean, was told it by Reese's at two in the morning. Ah, okay. That's, that's lore slash world history. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Soon, Cruz pulled up to an ancient tower. Atop the tower, trumpeters greeted her entrance with a trumpet version of Bad to the Bone, as was tradition. <laughs> <laughs> hear ye, hear ye, a friendly voice bellowed out from atop the tower. His great majesticness, Reese's the Wise, has decreed that this wizard fest shall be the final wizard fest. Oh. The crowd gasped and oh. hushed. And hushed all at once. Good job, thanks. <laughs> I bet you at home feel sad about this being the last wizard fest, even though you only learned about it like two minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do pathos, Rich. I didn't have to kill anyone. See? <laughs> Damn, I got called out, and then Rich got called out. <laughs> it all rolls downhill, boys. <laughs> So in being this the last of a great tradition, his wizardness has decreed that whomever may reach the top of Sephora Tower first shall claim the prize most worthy of only the richest slash comeliest slash power horniest competitors. <laughs> the announcer finished. <laughs> the race will begin in one hour, the announcer proclaimed, then turned back into the tower. Very good, Gary, Reese said as he sat in his wizard seat. No problem, Reese's old boy. I'm happy to MC this thing. Plus, I wouldn't miss it for the world. My cousin is racing today. <laughs> nice exposition, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> it will be a day long remembered, Reese said with a sinister tone. Oh, no. It was certainly cryptic, but hey, that's wizards for you. They fucking eat that drama shit up. <laughs> <laughs> The crowd soon began to rumble with anticipation. What was the prize? Why was this the last wizard fest? Where had Reese's been for eight years? <laughs> That's a good question. Mm -hmm. Did something happen that made him not want to do the show? I mean, not was not want to show his face around Darnos? Cruz set up in a, make fit, a makeshift pit area and began to wash her boner cycle and check its magical engine core made of dwarven crystals. Mm -hmm. They thrummed in idle mode, their power hungering to be unleashed. It was like they were being fed by Cruz's desire to win. Or maybe that's just what Cruz was telling herself. All around were racers and adventurers from all over the land. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm choking. There was Crump Dungle, the famous <laughs> troll gravedigger. Cruz was pretty sure he'd die since, like, what the hell? Did, what, what, did he learn how to race in a library with his nerd books? <laughs> yeah, that guy wasn't making it to the end of this story. <laughs> I, I think you mispronounced that name, though. What? It's Crump Dunkle, the Grave Digger. Grave Digger. Next, she saw Blight Snowvoid, a famous half-lich from the northern reaches. His mommy and daddy spoiled his ass so much, it's no surprise he was now waxing up his bonerari. <laughs> <laughs> his flaming rag soaping up the virgin blood wax he was applying to his already ridiculously red eyesore of a boner car. <laughs> Next, Cruz saw two racers she did not recognize, both hooded in black with some, uh, both hooded in black with a some sort of magical cloak. Each time Cruz tried to peer into the cloak to see their faces, it was like the cloak itself made her brain blank out the image. One of these racers was dressed modestly in black racing robes. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> 
While the other was dressed in said cloak, but wore like a thong and leggings and that garter thing that ladies from the 40s would wear. Damn hot. Over their chest was just pasties, barely covered up huge dinner plate nipples. (laughs) (laughs) Cruz looked at a racing pole scroll and saw two names. Racer X and Racer Sex. (laughs) Okay, she thought. (laughs) The only other racer that caught her eye was a racer named Rob the Zombie. He was lurching around his bone Dragula trying to get into it, but he couldn't lift his leg over the small little Dragula door. Poor guy. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, trumpets began to sound again, this time to the tune of Highway to the Danger Bone. (laughs) By Kenny Floggins. This is, I don't want to get this sued. This is pure genius. I don't want to get... <laughs> Suddenly, the tower began to rumble. The spectators and all racers mumbled in concern. Some even let out a scream as the tower itself began to crumble to the ground, but not really collapse. The tower just... The, the tower itself was just lowering to, to the ground like an elevator or lift for our British weirdos. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Rich was like, wait, what's happening? Yeah, <laughs> what's an I would have been lost. Who's How he elevating? Is, <laughs> is it a spell? Uh, cling film? Cling film. <laughs> Windscreen. <laughs> Bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> the, the crowd's concern soon became awe as the tower uh, top stopped level with the ground and out rolled a red carpet. Soon a frail old man came wobbling out, supported only by his staff, at the top of which sat an ancient gem. Some gasped and others toasted each other. Wizard fest had begun. <laughs> As the wizard crept slowly out of the red on, out onto the red carpet, carpet, his bones <laughs> shook. Everyone could practically hear his ancient joints cracking, the cartilage having long been worn down like too much jizz butter over your mama's toasty fiery clappers. <laughs> Suddenly, the wizard fell forward. The crowd gasped, but just as quickly, the wizard did a roll and righted himself, holding his arms out as if to say, Gotcha, bitches! <laughs> the crowd and competitors cheered. It's a little, uh, what's that? A little wonky. Yeah, Wonka. Wonka, mm-hmm. yeah. Hello, my friends! Reese shouted. Today marks the 6,969th Wizard Fest! <laughs> As he said this, firecrackers flew like missiles out of the tower and exploded into cool shapes. Like, one was a dick, and then the other one was boobs, and then there was, like, a kitty cat, and one that said 9-11 was an inside job? (laughs) That one must have been on sale. (laughs) Fire spells can't melt steel beams, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I'd like to thank Josh for bringing me back for this episode, Reese's went on. <laughs> the crowd looked dumbfounded. Reese's, I told you you could read the lines in the story as yourself. Now you're, now you're ad-libbing. Sorry, sorry, I'm just excited that I'm back and that I get to mooch off of, I mean, contribute to your stories in this new all ball cast you're doing with Jeff and other Jeff. <laughs> Okay, it's cool, Reese's. Just keep the script, please. Nobody likes this meta-ass shit. This isn't Rick and Morty, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Reese's clears his throat. As I was saying, my friends, this wizard fest will be the last. 
just as it will be the last day alive for most of you. <laughs> At this, the crowd again grew disquieted. But for the brave and the faithful, the prize shall be worth it. Reese's gestured with his staff, and soon a magical image of an ancient golden pyramid could be seen. Ooh. Ah, the crowd Ooh. said in unison. <laughs> the Shard of Tycon, Reese said. Again, the, cr- the crowd grew silent. Some probably because they don't know what the hell that, that was. Same. But Cruz did. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Same, I don't know what it is. The sh- well, stay tuned. The shard was said to be a key, a key through time. Holding the shard would grant its owner a gateway to any point in their lo- in their lifetime to go and repair or take advantage of a time that they could change their destiny. Cruz's ge- Cruz's guess was that those racers who did did know what the shard was were there for any number of reasons. Looking at Crump, she could only guess guess why. He'd want such an artifact aside from being a dork archaeologist. (laughs) Maybe he lost someone. Maybe he lost himself along the way and wanted to fix it. One thing was for certain, not everyone here was after the shard for the reasons that would be considered honorable. Let's get let's get this motherfucking candle lit. Stop your bonus, <laughs> Reese's yelled. <laughs> Good luck, Rob. Gary shouted over the thunderous roar of engines and magic. Dig through the ditches, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Rob the zombie gurgled at his cousin. It's a very musical what? episode. <laughs> I was listening to a lot of metal when I was writing this. What I like most <laughs> about this episode is the subtlety. <laughs> yeah, it's very subtle. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to pick up on some of this stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dig through the ditches, Gary! Rob the zombie gurgled at his cousin. What? What does that mean? Asked Reese's as he leaned toward Gary. Uh, it's just something he says all the time. Rob isn't quite all there, you know. Ah, on account of him being a zombie. I get it, Reese said, nodding. Nah, he was like this before the zombification, but hey, he found his calling in life, and we're all proud of him for being a successful, being successful in his zombie career, Gary said as he smiled at Rob and gave him a thumbs up. Aw, that's sweet. <laughs> On your marks, get set, go! Reese shouted as a green flare shot out of his staff, and with that, the race had begun. Cruz edged her way around a frogman who was having trouble with his aqua turbines. <laughs> he, he sputtered and slowed as, he, as she passed him, giving him a sarcastic salute. Ribbit! He screamed in frustration <laughs> as he slammed his frog feet against the engine. Up ahead of Cruz were the two, two racers X, or the two racers sex? I don't know. <laughs> The two mysterious racers. At this point, I'm just writing my, like, thoughts. I'm not even (laughs) reading them. (laughs) They were jockeying for position and didn't look to be none too friendly with each other, even though it seemed like they had coordinated outfits before the race, like they were going to druid prom. (laughs) Racer X kicked their leg out to the side. As they did, a long dagger shot out of the toe of their boot. They stabbed their foot at Racer Sex's crystal energy core, but Racer Sex was too quick and used a shielding spell to deflect the feeble physical attack. Cruz heard a distinct female laugh from Racer Sex. I mean, 
she was wearing like basically nothing, so that was kind of like obvious. But you never know. <laughs> and hey, maybe they like to be called something else. We've learned a lot in eight years here in Baranos. <laughs> <laughs> As the racers roared through the forest, they passed a tree with a Merc Monk family's little cozy tree home nestled inside. <laughs> a single blind on the window was pulled down, and an eye squinted as the roar of the bone vehicle sped past. Suddenly, the door burst open, and a small Merc Monk boy ran out and began cheering. Go, Daddy, go! He yelled as he waved at a little Merc Monk-sized pennant that said, Go, Dad! Aww. <laughs> Below, on a tiny yet speedy motorcycle, a merc monk looked up and shouted, Go do your homework, Jeremy! I do not want to see another D on your report card! <laughs> As he finished, he thought to himself, If I win this, I'm going to go back in time and make sure that kid is never born, he thought. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'd be crushed. Never born. Without every advantage, he finished. (laughs) A single tear slid down his furry face and he yelled back to Jeremy, I love you, son! (laughs) You got me. You got me. (laughs) I had you there for a second. (laughs) Soon the front runners reached a large canyon. Along the canyon, various portals were aligned. Cruz clenched her jaw as she realized that each portal led to the other side. She hoped. Uh, she watched curiously as bright, blight snow void reached a portal and sped right into it without a second thought. As Cruz watched, she didn't see blight exit any of the portals on the other side of the canyon. Somewhere in the desert of Darnos, a portal opened up and shot out a bonerari going like fast as fuck. As it hit the sand, the bone car skid and slid to a halt, practically burying itself in the sand. Fuck shit, man! I'm gonna tell my daddy about this, you fucking wizard! Fuck! (laughs) Blight cried like a little bitch. (laughs) Just then, the ground began to rumble. Blight was shaken, and and even his lich bitching couldn't save him this time. (laughs) Out of the ground grew an enormous stone golem. I mean, this motherfucker was like 800 feet tall. A new toy, he grumbled as he picked up the Bonerari and placed it on a giant shelf in his giant stone room next to other bone cars he had collected. (laughs) A fine addition to my collection, he said. (laughs) Craig, dinner's ready, Blight heard another voice yell. Coming, (laughs) Bob! Up until the living with his mother, I was like, this is an autobiographical golem. (laughs) Jeff, stay tuned. (laughs) Uh, Back at the race, Cruz had to pick a portal. Well, any portal was better than that one that idiot went through, she thought. Closing her eyes, she rode into a different portal and held her breath. After a microsecond, she was relieved to see she came out on the other side of the canyon, along with the two racers' exes, that troll dude whose name I forgot about <laughs> half... <laughs> whose name I forgot and about half the other racers. <laughs> it was crunk, crunk or something. <laughs> doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Go on. Close enough, doesn't close matter. <laughs> Suddenly, in front of her, another portal opened up on the ground and out shot a dog man. He flew straight up into the sky as if gravity had no power over he nor his bone car. 
fuck! He yelled as he flew up into the sky and went into space. In space, he would die a slow, painful death, as every cell in his body would explode due to lack of pressure, and the nitrogen in his blood would boil so that every second of his painful life he had left was like hell itself were inside of every atom of his body. Some say his husk is still floating around out there, and that that's where the phrase dog gone it comes from. <laughs> Him and that was educational podcast. <laughs> Him and Lieutenant Hawk go meeting each other in space. Yeah. Hawk. <laughs> Fucking Hawk. <laughs> they just hit each other like clink and then go in this <laughs> They bounce off each other. Glad I didn't take that one, Cruz said, swerving and laughing. The racers were packing together now. They entered a plains area where the ground and roads were easier to see and straightaways were aplenty, allowing each racer to gather speed. As the lead group flew past a hermit on the side of the road, the sheer speed of their boner cars lit lit the shabby rags he was wearing as clothes aflame as his skin flew off of every bone, leaving only a skeleton standing once where the hermit was. <laughs> was a hermit who was probably just out looking to sun his nads or eat some berries or some shit. <laughs> sun his nads. As the boner cars hermit drove off. Check. Hermit check. Yep. <laughs> exactly. As the boner cars drove off, all the hermit could say was fucking radical and then collapsed <laughs> into a heap. <laughs> The pack now headed into a dark area. Clouds as dark as the heart of a thousand liches gathered up. Ooh. Up ahead, crew saw an enormous wall. They were close to Sephora Tower. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell are we supposed to get over that, she said to herself. As she lurked left and right, the other racers didn't seem to be slowing down, so she too gunned it. Think, Cruz, she demanded of herself. She looked over and heard a loud clank. Out from Racer X's boner cycle shot a grappling hook. It shot far out over the wall, impossibly far, and stuck true to the top of the wall. The boner cycles began to reel in. The boner cycle began to reel it in, reel in the chain, and the bike began to fly instead of drive. Uh, next to Racer X, Racer Sex was using magic to hover her bike in the air. As she hit the wall's surface, the bike stuck to stone like fer a ferrous metal to a magnet. Cruz had none of these tricks. Thinking quickly, she leaned over to the side of her bike and grabbed an ancient spear left on some ancient battlefield of some ancient and forgotten battle. <coughs> we both picked things up in our car, Jeff. Did you notice that? Holy shit. Yeah, it's weird. Same guy. And we both had hermits <laughs> in our stories. <laughs> we both have chases. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. That's yeah, crazy. Rich, why didn't you have any of those? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Weren't the two women in our story called Cherie as well? Oh, yeah. That was Sherry. Oh, so Did you guys get that reference, by the way? Sherry Seasons? Yeah. Cherry, Cherry Valance. The song Sherry by the Four Seasons. Sherry! Yeah. That's a good song. Everybody was named after a song in that story. What? That's cool. Easter eggs, man. Easter eggs. She turned her head frantically looking for her victim. There, she thought, Crump Dungle was frantically looking around, and he, around. he too realizing he didn't have any means of scaling this obstacle. Cruz pulled up beside him. Only one shot at this, she said to herself, holding the spear in her left hand and readying it. 
As she pulled alongside Crump, she tossed the spear into his front wheel like that part in Indiana Jones 3. (laughs) (laughs) The sudden stoppage of locomotion from the front wheel caused Crump's bike to flip over several times as he skid and became a meat crayon on the rough gray ground in front of Cruz. (laughs) Then she pulled the sickest wheelie ever and used the wreckage of Crump's bike and broken body as a ramp to launch herself onto the wall. Deploying spikes, she said, as a dozen of spikes shot out from her bone wheels, gripping the wall, gripping the bike to the wall, like acid jizz in Flyman's pantaloons after a raunchy hive dream. (laughs) It was a three-man race to the top now. They cleared the wall, and as they reached the bottom of the tower, they saw uh, a spirally ramp built long ago going up alongside the tower, up to the tippy top. I wrote tippy top. <laughs> Invocative. <laughs> it's very... We know um, what you mean. You know what you mean. <laughs> the three racers were now gunning it, leads changing often as they ascended to their destiny. Cruz managed to draft past the two racers' X and reached the top first. She bailed off the bike as it slid and sparked on the hard stone of the tower. In front of her was the shard of Tycon, glowing red, glowing gold, red electricity sparking all around it. Cruz looked back to see how close the others were, but could only see Racer X trailing her. Cruz ran full sprint and grabbed for the shard, but just as her fingers felt the tingly electric static of the red power, she was launched backwards. She hit the ground and gasped for air, not being able to suck any in. She panicked as she writhed in pain. Racer Sex stepped out of a portal and grabbed the shard, laughing like a fucking bitch about it. <laughs> Racer X stood and looked over Cruz. They knelt down to and they knelt down and checked to see if the dwarf was all right. You're all right, they said calmingly again in a female sounding voice. Racer Sex removed her magical cloaking cloak <laughs> and held up the shard like it was the Stanley Cup. <laughs> As she looked down at her foes, Racer X mumbled. As she looked down at her foes, ra- wait. Okay, yeah, okay. As she looked down at her foes, Racer X mumbled, Axe wound. Oh, oh. No. oh, it's okay, ladies, Axe wound said. Looks like the sexiest wins again as she made a, a whipping sound against her own butt, which was kind of hot, but like, what the fuck? We weren't even talking about that, lady. You're fucking full of yourself, you know? <laughs> You're right, they said calmly again in a female-sounding voice. <laughs> I'm so tired at this point. <laughs> Racer Sex removed her magical cloak and held up... I already read that, okay. Mm. Shit. Uh, Racer X stood still and tall. The wind whipped around her, making her cloak flutter like in a cool fucking ass anime. (laughs) Hell yeah. You didn't win, she said. The shard belongs to the dwarves, she screamed as she launched herself toward Axe Wound. Axe Wound cackled and sent out another lightning bolt, but Racer X held up a hand and created a rune shield. Crew sat up, catching her breath and searching for any serious injuries. Nope, just her pride. Axe Wound again... Exune again laughed and opened a plot portal, but this time it was underneath Cruz. Cruz fell through instantly. Behind where she had been, another portal opened up above the edge of the tower, dropping her down, down, down. Racer X looked back in mid-stride to see Cruz exit the portal and fall. 
She stopped and turned toward Axmoon, who was doing a sarcastic crying eyes and frown move. <laughs> <laughs> then she laughed again, gave Racer X the double bird, and walked through the portal. As she did, the power the tower began to rumble. Stones fell. Larger stones collided with smaller ones, and the cascade effect of mass and gravity began to bring the whole tower down. Fuck! Racer X screamed at the top of her lungs and sprinted toward the edge of the tower and dove off. Her black cloak billowing in the wind like the feathers of a hawk as she straightened herself out, straightened herself mid-fall to gain momentum and reach terminal velocity. She saw Cruz and reached her hand out to grab her. She saw the horror on Cruz's face as they were just about to slam into the ground and become paste. Just then, Cruz woke up. She was in a field. Was she dead? Did they hit the ground? In the distance, red lightning and a giant dust cloud could be seen miles away. The tower, she thought. She slapped herself across the face with her meaty <laughs> hand. Ouch, she said. Guess I'm not dead. <laughs> Just then, the hermit skeleton from earlier walked up to her. <laughs> He's back. Some race, huh? He said as he held out a potato for her to eat. Eat this, it'll make you feel better. <laughs> she grabbed it without thinking. She sat with it while the Skella Hermit rattled off onto the road and carried on with his day. Back at the tower, Racer X sat facing the destruction around her. Was This was a, this was a portent of things to come. She knew this was the beginning. Or the end. She had failed to get the shard, and... Why had Reese's even made it possible for Axwoon to grab the shard in the first place? What was he thinking? <laughs> she thought as she slammed her hand down on the stone, cracking the stone as she hit it. She sighed and looked up to the sky. Out of the tiny, out of one tiny crease in the darkest of clouds, she saw the sun peek through and light her up. She sat there feeling its warmth as she took off her cloak and cloak. As she did, the crease in the cloud closed up again, and wind picked up around her. As her beard blew from one side to the other. <laughs> the end. I knew it! I knew who Racer X was. <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> well, I knew it as soon as Axwind was introduced anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't too hard to figure out. No. <laughs> Fucking radical. That was great. Dude. That was some wacky racist ass shit. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about wacky racers. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let's do wacky racers. That was fucking oh, man. awesome, man. Holy they shit. Can, also, some can, uh... really, like, I joked and said evocative about one thing, yeah. but, like, there was some genuinely evocative ass descriptions in this yeah. episode. The tower I have to crashing, do it. Fucking incredible. I have to do it because you guys do it. You gotta make me, like, be better or whatever the fuck. <laughs> whatever stupid shit. We learn from one another and we grow stronger from one another. That's right. That's right. So yeah, it'll fit in with like other... I have like a whole thing, so... It's coming along. Incredible. It's coming along. I didn't have a one-off. and Now I want to do a one-off because Jeff brought him back. Yeah. They're back, yeah, baby. Fucker. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Motherfucker. Sounded like Grissom saying it to me, too. It's fucked up. <laughs> I want to pop you in the kneecap, you little bitch. No, bitch. <laughs> Please. No. We're too Please, old to get shot in the kneecaps. <laughs> yeah, it'll Never ruin cover. Our yeah. yeah, there's no coming back from that. We'd at best have to use a cane, which yeah. is cool, but. Eh. Only if it had a sword in it. 
Yeah. yeah. And Old I'm going to forget Hunter, it. Hunter, Sword King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Oh, man, that was good. <laughs> I don't mean that in a, like, oh, I'm sad that that was good. But, like, I, I, do, kind of, good. I do kind of feel sad that they don't get to listen to this for, like, a, a week. Like, yeah. They fucking loved your last story. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait for them to hear it. <laughs> I was, like, they're full getting, on kid about it. They're getting pelleted now. Yeah. Everyone's coming back. Or are they? Scattershot. Right in the face. Is, it, is Josh about to go full Rich Masters and kill off his beloved character? I I don't know. You never know. Reese's the second. Oh no! <laughs> you can't replace me, boy. You know I find I own the deed to your house. <laughs> He's the one paying rent. Shit. He's the only one paying rent. I find it strange that somehow his voice sort of blends into yours when you're telling a story. It's a really strange effect. Well, you know, when you lived with someone for five days, that tends to happen. <laughs> you start to reflect each other's behavior. Yeah, it's it's really he's really rubbing off on me. I sure am at night when you're sleeping. See, there was no break there. There was... <laughs> Oh, well. That's a mystery for another day. (laughs) I'll have to edit it so there is. Reese's, you old bitch. What are you up to? Sunning my nads? (laughs) We mean in a story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll tell you a story about another Jeff. (laughs) I'm original, Jeff. Original flavor. (laughs) I mean, don't don't ask him too many questions. Don't ask him to remember this stuff. He's got a lot of problems. He'll fucking come back. We just we don't need any more of him here. <laughs> just nod and smile, everyone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. Really good. Fucking... Really good effect for an audio <laughs> medium. <laughs> nod and smile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reese's is on Twitter now. <laughs> yeah. He is. <laughs> when an he, idiot. When he followed me, I thought it was going to be like the one of the parody accounts, and I was like, I'm not fucking following. No, it's me. I mean, it's him. It's him. Wait a second. (laughs) It's him. It's Reese. If you you rewind the audio, I feel like there's a clue in that. (laughs) Josh set up the the technology for him because he's lost his all seaball. I didn't know how to do the Twitter. I heard it was dying, but I'm pretty sure that I'm on it now. It'll come back. That's true. He was what Twitter (laughs) really needed. Yeah. I told him that's not how it works, but... I mean, he's not going to listen. He never listens. No, he never does. And he never will. (laughs) Oh, man. Good story. Guys, good stories all around this week. Great story for you, too. We all get to live another week. Wait. (laughs) Wait, is that what this is? Did you not read the small print in the Book of Blood? Uh... I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> you know, maybe next week I won't write a story. <laughs> you know what, I, I'll flip the coin on that one, that's fine. <laughs> if we don't write a story, the Russians will definitely write one for us. <laughs> yeah. What are our prompts next week? Oh, next time. We need to whatever. ask Prompt What a great setup, Josh. Good job. <laughs> on that Giant. note, we close the cover. <laughs> on this... <laughs> It's like the book was farting. <laughs> on this week's compilation. But first, yeah. some housekeeping. Josh, crank up r- r- prompt bot, please. Okay, so we've got dreams. Dreams. From dreams. gentleman, only knocks once, assassin. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. And then prompt bot, second prompt, please. Countdowns from wait. This is the best fucking nickname I've ever given to anyone. Thomas, four thousand meters squared of bad road, Hardacre. <laughs> that is too smart for this podcast. Holy shit! Fucking That's genius. Boring. Countdowns wow. and dreams. There's some good ones. The final countdown. <laughs> well, I mean, you spoil all three stories now. <laughs> yeah, we were all gonna have that in it. Sorry, just play the Sorry, first, guys. the intro, and then go on. Yep, there it is. There's your countdown. That's all we can do legally. So there you go, guys. Yeah. Countdowns Three. and dreams. I will look forward to asking you in about half an hour what those prompts were because I, I just never wrote them down. down. So, yep, that's my favorite Meek Mill single, "Countdowns and Dreams." Mm-hmm. Damn, Did that you sounds know that? so that... real. Did you get that one? No, I did. Got I... That one. <laughs> Not a big Meek Mill fan, Rich? That's no. strange. He seems right up your alley. Mm. Yeah. Diagon Alley. Uh, uh, Dreams is one of my favorite Fleetwood Mac songs. Oh, that's a great song. That's from Rumors. Oh. It is a perfect album. Um, Rest in peace, lady from Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. I felt bad that that's all I could think of. I couldn't remember her name. Christine McVie. McVie, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Cruz Marbleback. What's her real name? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's gone to a far, Everybody far better place. Darren knows. <laughs> Everybody in this whole episode was named after music. We just didn't tell you. Yeah, we didn't know. Yeah, we got our own prompts, bitches. <laughs> did, you, did you? Did you guys get Mickey Fine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I was going to sing it at one point, and then I was like, "Oh my god, that's the joke!" You I did get that re- one. Yeah. Idiot. Also, Mickey the Mac <clears throat> is like Mac the Knife. But like a That's much dumber good. nickname. So. Return of the Mac. Uh, that okay. nice, nice Leroy Brown joke cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> Just the That's the best joke I've ever wrote. <laughs> you guys were killing it this week. You man. were killing it this week. No, no, no. no. no, 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 no. I don't no, want to no. hear it. I'm not getting involved in this. We're all good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all good. We now, at Bros Before Pros have a patreon and uh i've got to be honest we're 11 episodes in it's time to pay the piper guys you we we need your money if you want us to keep living and by us keep living we mean doing this podcast same thing i got two mouths to feed now yeah his 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 butt mouth and his regular mouth (laughs) no my mouth and i guess my butt mouth reese's mouth (laughs) I've 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 got a small son who I love dearly. <laughs> and if you don't want to see him on some sort of milk carton or something like that, then you'll you'll you're give gonna, us money. You're gonna make him run away? <laughs> this is amazing. This is the best way to get more patrons. This right here. This is great. And yeah, Jeff's got two cats. They need food. <laughs> they sure do. They need food. They're dying. <laughs> They've got... Or they will be if you don't give us money. (laughs) Anyway, so if you want to help with our people that we've got to feed, be they kid, cat, or sex pest wizard, then you need to go over to patreon.com forward slash bros before pros. And that's a letter B and a four. Um, If you like what we do and you want to support us, 
then you can head over there and give what you can. Uh, we've got a couple of tiers. Um, one so that you can suggest prompts and access to the written stories. One where you can get access to our other podcast that we do on the side every couple of months called uh, Redesigned by Committee, which we'll probably do another one next month, maybe. And then one for the for a credit in the book that we will do. But I will stress this. We don't have enough patrons at the moment to justify that's doing right. this book. This is true. So, because that's going to be a shitload like of work. I would like to do a little shout out <laughs> to yep. uh, th- our three Masters Pieces tier patrons. Woohoo! It's uh, uh, Sean Tabor, Squid Ludwig, and Heath Robinson. They that's, a, are that's a good name. Legends. Heath is already a character in um, one yep, of my stories, yep. uh, and I've got plans for the other two. Um, They'll come up at some point when the prompts align. So if you want to send, if you want your character to come up, Squid Ludwig, send a squid prompt. Come on. Please, God, make Squid Ludwig be a squid Beethoven. Holy shit. Don't squid it. That's, he's like a Max Rebo, but he's a squid. That's incredible. Um, The Masterpieces tier gets you all of the above. And then when we release the book in printed format, you get the PDF early, but you also get a creator credit in the physical volume um, and a character named after you in one of our stories. Um, And we'll do that relatively regularly as long as you don't expect it all the time. Um, (laughs) True. Have we any reviews this week? No. On iTunes. We don't? No, I looked it up. We don't. Sad times. Our last one is still Girth Brooks. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Hard to follow that one, though. So that's <laughs> another uh, thing that we want to talk about. Um, you guys, we, we work hard to... Uh, you know, project to send the podcast podcast out to the masses, but you know, ESP doesn't work. So we need your help too. Jesus, fucking Racer X is that back. was Cruz Marble Marble back. She just rode by. <laughs> um, She's here to pick up Reese's. For yeah, the we haven't all got hot rods. We need we need to like get the message out there. So if you can. You can get, leave us a review at iTunes. You can share and tell people about the podcast on Twitter. Um, you know what? Here's your challenge for the week. We have all got mm-hmm. people we like at work. Go and tell one of the people you like at work about the podcast. They'll be cooler by, you know, osmosis. By yeah. listening to us. Um, <clears throat> and they can, you know, help us, potentially be patrons. But even not. Like, if they don't want to do that, fine. But they'll listen to the podcast and they'll share it around. We're like a glorified pyramid scheme here at Pro. Yeah, we're a, what do they call it? Uh, <laughs> level-based marketing? Or oh, multi-level-based marketing. <laughs> Multi-level. Yeah. But we're like a ziggurat. <laughs> we're like well, lots yeah. of little little bits in a temple. So, there you go. What's the difference between a ziggurat and a pyramid? One is the, like... The you fascia. Know, like, yeah, it's like... <laughs> That's it. Yeah, essentially, essentially. But we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to be uncool like the pyramids. When they last yeah, We're not a pyramid like... scheme, everybody. No. We're a yeah. ziggurat scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't mean not scheme. I mean, it's real. We're a real thing. Ziggurat friendship vehicle. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, but seriously... 
tell people about the podcast. Uh, we're way too good to have the the follow account that we've got. Not that we don't yeah. value all, you all, but we need but, more. Yeah, more, more, more. Feed the beasts. Um, that's probably yeah, this isn't like M class podcast where we just fucking show up and bullshit for an hour. We have to actually write stories for this shit. Yeah. I spend yeah. a lot of time uh, <laughs> annoying my wife by not being in her life writing stories about this. <laughs> so it'd be nice to I actually... spend a lot of time annoying your wife by not being in her life either. hey Damn. I mean, yeah, I never probably. thought that type of joke would come up on Bros Before Pros, but if you want more of it, head to patreon.com slash bros before pros. I mean, as I have said before, Josh is my wife's favorite writer on this podcast. That's so. absolutely ridiculous. That is I think sp- that's probably true of the majority of our audience, but <laughs> no. if you want to prove me right or wrong, head to patreon.com slash bros before pros. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> vote with your money, people. See it as a tip jar at the bar. Um, oh, what else man. do we want to promote? That's probably it. You can follow us at Twitter on at Bros Before Pros Pod, um, and you can find out all the information about where to stream the show, all about the Patreon there. Um, Jeff. I'll choose you mm-hmm. first this week. The 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 finger of uh, judgment falls on you. Where can people find out about your life, your works, your social security number? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are several Russian bot sites, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can uh, find all of my best artwork. Probably not my newest artwork, but my uh, a lot of my oldies but goodies at uh, jeffpennington.art. I need to update that shit. Uh, you can find uh, all of my newest art on Twitter, at underscore Jeff Pennington, and uh, all of my links to all my billion other social medias can be found on my website. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, I do a podcast with uh, Just Josh, so if you hate Rich, it's perfect. Although sometimes oh. I'm there too. Oh no! Oh, shit, he's right. He is there. Well, it's called M Class Podcast, and we do, uh, I guess, basically reviews at this point of episodes of Star Trek. Yeah, um, we do walkthroughs and reviews with a lot of this. It's the exact same humor from this, but about mm. Star Trek. So if you're interested in that, uh, you can find all that information at mclasspodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Josh, who's next? You're next. <laughs> Don't interrupt uh, me. <laughs> Je- <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, podcast daddy. Uh, I do a show called Continue. You can watch it on YouTube because Continue Show is the name. Uh, I did the podcast with Jeff, but he talked about it already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reese wants me to tell you that if you want to follow him on Twitter, he's uh, at Reese's T H T E H because he doesn't know how to spell the <laughs> Reese's the so. Reese's T Y's yeah <laughs> Reese's T E H <laughs> and if you if you look at the banner on that Twitter you'll see a great logo I made. It's very good. It's very. Thanks um, for the logo, Jeff. I masturbated to it thrice already. You, you have sent me video. I know. <laughs> I like that. It. Was just one part of each. 
I like how 80s band t-shirt it looks. Thank you. It's exactly what I was going for. It looks really great. Um, you can find me at my, at my desk at my house, but um, online... Don't go to his house. Don't go at, to his at, house. You don't know where I fucking live. Uh, Plymouth, <laughs> come at me, bro. Marsh. <laughs> Just look you for can... the, the castle with a million chimneys. <laughs> I hate to be yeah. the one to bring that up on the podcast. It's just a corny joke. No, it's still good. We're not done beating at it. No. It's all I hear about in the fucking Discord as well. Yeah, well, um, we both made that joke already off the podcast today, but I had to be the one to do it on record. Yep. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MastersRich uh, or BoldlyProse.com, which is my fanfiction site. Um, I've got two other podcasts that I do, one with my good friend Spivsey where we review cartoons or I review a cartoon and he reviews some eldritch horror that's come to life and managed to be animated. Um, and you can find that at, at Toon Hounds. That's um, very accurate, by the We're way. doing a Christmas special uh, that's going to come out mm, week after next. And then our other podcast, which is a drama, comedy, serialised sci-fi show. That's a lot of adjectives, but who gives a fuck? Is <laughs> at upon on subspace, or you can find details of it at ttos.call. If you like this, the writing I do here, you'll probably like TTOS as well, because it's by the same sort of people. Um, also, uh, big thanks to our friend Vidizen. As always, you can find him at uh, on Twitter at, at underscore Vidizen underscore and find out about his recent work. He does all the music for all our podcasts because he is the fucking best. Um, <clears throat> there's a vidizen.card.co. Yes, that's what he wanted me to plug. I asked him like Sweet. what would be the best to plug for him because he doesn't use Twitter all that much. No. And he said uh, people should go to Vidizen, V-I-D-A-Z-E-N, dot c-a-r-r-d dot c-o there's a link to uh everything he does including places where you can buy his music he just uh released a uh, new animal crossing remix called uh kk bashment mm-hmm. and i did the art for that as well Woo! they are also yeah. really good to write to because you can't listen oh, yeah. to music and get the, the the same tone. So I listen to soundtracks when I write, and they are really good to write sci-fi stories to. Um, yeah, he's a genius, and we love him. Um, I think that draws to a close this episode. Um, yep. We'll, we might not be back at our usual time because of Christmas. We'll let you know on Twitter. But, you know, Thanks, Jesus, you fucking asshole. Yeah, he was born, blame him. Uh, he, yeah. the, Ironically, he wasn't born around no. now. Of course so. he wasn't. But if the three wise men had have turned up with gold, frankincense, and bros before pros podcast, <laughs> we wouldn't have been in this problem, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So, uh, considering it's Christmas and this comes out of Christmas, we hope that after this fucking awful couple of years that you have a nice Christmas. And if you can't you have, have a, a nice have a Christmas... have a wonderful holidays. Yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> I'm going to a Hanukkah dinner. It's going to be amazing. Ooh, fuck yeah. And nah, if you not, can't fuck, have... Christmas is like not a, not a necessarily religious no. holiday. So it's cool. No. It's fine. If you can't have a nice Christmas, at least have a tolerable one and get through it and then, you know, come back to us when you're ready. Thanks, Rich. Okay? <laughs> 
guys, pleasure as always. Love your butts. Uh, and I love you. Speak to you guys in two weeks. See you later. See you. Bye. Tell them about my Twitter.